Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Chicago Water Tower haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. I'm Rebecca. And with us today is our man in Chicago and my best friend, Mondo. Hello. Mondo, thanks so much for coming on the show and coming to Ghostly Studios. Well, yeah, I'm back. You're back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wanted to do a little check-in with you before we start this all. Um, Now, typically, you are our team middle person. Okay. And um, I just want to see if you've become more of a believer or more of a skeptic since the last time you've been on the show. Hmm. Where would you place yourself? I'm still in the middle. It, still it, in the it, middle? Yeah, yeah, it varies depending on the episode. You know? Depend. Okay. I think okay. that's a lot of our listeners are, it depends. Yeah. Right? Well, that's how it should be really, right? Yeah. It should be that be you, don't, you don't have a point of view before going in. Yeah. Right? I mean, although mine's always skeptic. And so. mine's always believer. But other yeah. than that. <laughs> but that's that's <laughs> how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Case by case. Yeah. Uh, we also have a special interview in this episode with Dion McGill of Off the Beaten Podcast, yeah. which we've been wanting to get him on the show for the longest time. Absolutely. And I am super excited uh, to to play that interview for you guys. And I can't wait to hear ev- everyone's thoughts on the Chicago Water Tower. Yeah, we hope you listen, vote, all the good stuff. Yeah. So in this episode, we continue our Most Haunted series with our Sweet Home Chicago. For the people that live in Chicago, if you ask them what symbolizes old Chicago more than anything else, well, the answer probably isn't going to be the water tower. I don't even know what I would say. (laughs) Um, It's on the list. But if you ask them what landmarks symbolize old Chicago, I think a lot of them would say the water tower. Yeah. Uh, When you're driving down there and you see the water tower, it is totally different than anything else you're going to see around there. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it really looks like it's out of place in this big city to have this weird castle-looking building. Right. That isn't a nightclub. Yeah. Um, Most Chicagoans know that the water tower is one of the buildings that survived the Great Chicago Fire. But most of us could not visualize what Chicago looked like before the Great Fire. And that's because Chicago got a rebirth after the fire. And the city planners took full advantage of this rebuild. Uh, they were able to turn turn the structure of the city into a better format. Uh, they used blocks. And it might not seem like anything, but if you've ever been to a big city like New York or Boston and drove around a little, you would realize quickly that Chicago has a certain organization and a structure to its streets. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, well said. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, the water tower is a symbol of how A city in ruins can hold on to its legacy and strengthen its core and become even better after a disaster. Yeah. It's going to be so fun to talk about this. Uh, I can't wait to hear the history. Well, I have a lot of it for you guys. So so we do have some shout outs. There are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. You know, we always prefer those five-star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is newer, it's to become a patron uh, on Patreon. You just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar, 
We have a few different tiers to choose from, uh, varying from $1 to $10. Yeah, we hope you check it out. I think it's, you know, pretty affordable, and I and I hope we give you enough for what you're paying for. Yeah, we try hard. So we do have both of those things. So uh, I'm going to read a review that was on Apple Podcast, and it is from AR4109746767 exclamation point exclamation point. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. what it is. Arr, it's our It's a pirate. It's <laughs> pirates listening to us now. <laughs> that's what it is. And uh, the review says amazing. That's the title of Ooh, that's it. That's a good title. Yeah. A five-star review. And this is a short one, too. I work night shift and listen to you guys constantly. Very entertaining. Your show keeps my thoughts together in an otherwise chaotic night. Wow. I wonder what they do. Right, maybe, like so, like typically, like well, like typically a night shift. Yeah, you think of like somebody just sitting around. Like yeah. I'm a security guard. I it's slow business. What do you think? Chaotic could, night. chaotic night shift. Yeah. Well, I mean, a pirate would have to work all <laughs> night long, and it would be pretty chaotic, right? Could be. Yeah. Could be counting the doubloons. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we do have some new. Patrons that we would like to welcome to Ghostly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, first one is Shayla. And the second one is this guy named Armando. Interesting. I wonder. It's the same name as me. <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, uh, you're Mondo. <laughs> yeah. It's different, man. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. <laughs> we also have Lori. And we have Cindy. Jessica. Kevin. And Jacob. Jacob. Ooh, wow. that might be a hint for future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's hear that listener mail. All right. So we are concluding Mackenzie's story of the haunted doorbell. So last episode, last episode when we were saying this story, talking about the story, the her daughter's doorbell was going off on on its own. Um, Lots of haunted things happening in this house. There was a fire and then the, across the street and the smoke in the house. So she had a doorbell at her room. She did. The gr- little girl had like a toy doorbell like outside her room. Not I wish I had like had that. One. Well, like a wireless one, but yeah. like meant as a toy. But wouldn't yeah, that I have been have cool that. with your ding, you know, but have been like, brother, you cannot come in my room without ringing that doorbell. Like that would have been you know, nice. And you have like a special code, you know, for some people. Oh, that we would have totally done. Ring it three done. times in a row. When your neighbor comes over. Yeah. yeah it's like, okay, yeah, you can come in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. We totally would have done that. Anyways, but let's, let's continue on because more haunted things are happening. Okay. All right. She, so continue to continue. Last week, Mackenzie says, I stayed up later than anyone else, which is rare, partially because being alone downstairs gives me the creeps. I was getting ready to go to bed and was in the dining room, shutting off the lights and walked into the first cold spot I have ever felt. I've always thought watching ghost shows, wow, they caught a chill. And that's evidence. Now I know the difference. It was like I hit a brick wall of just cold air, colder than anywhere else in the room. But being a rational skeptic, I was like, all right, who knows? And continued with shutting off lights and locking doors. But just a few minutes later, I'm in the living room and this is in all caps, everybody. I felt someone touch my thigh. Whoa. There was nothing around me. It felt as if I had walked up against someone standing there, someone solid. So I ran upstairs and went to bed. 
Much to my surprise, my husband woke up the next morning and told me he had woken up in the middle of the night because he felt someone leaning on his legs. He said he sat up and could visibly see that it looked as if two hands had made indents in the blanket over his calves. He knows I'm already pretty freaked out and I don't sleep well, so he waited to tell me until daylight. We have moved my seven-year-old out of the bedroom she was in. Remember, she had the doorbell thing. We are preparing to be foster parents and are renovating that room to be a gender-neutral room. Now it now sits empty. So they're giving... Okay, all right. It was the servants' quarters. Okay, this room has been through a lot. I know this because it's own. It has its own sink, mm. and the smallest. It's the smallest room in the house. Wait, the daughter had a doorbell to her room and a sink in her room. Wow, and it was like I'm so jealous. That no. yeah, and it probably was nice and secluded, away from yeah. the parents. Oh my god, man! All right, uh, and it has oh oh yeah, and it has a private staircase that leads from what? the bedroom to the kitchen. Oh, my God. Just the other day, I heard the doorbell ringing again. Again, so no one's living there. It's totally cleared out. The doorbell starts ringing again. All right. Every second I spend in my house now, I am just waiting to see what will happen next. It's exciting and also a little bit scary. As bold as the experiences have been, I don't feel threatened or in danger in any way. And although they tried to destroy my pagan wheel of the year calendar... I'll cite religious differences and forgive them for their intolerance. I mean, 1910 was a different time. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Mackenzie. I've really enjoyed your three-part story. And um, wow, I'm so jealous. I want a doorbell for my room now and a sink in my room. Yeah. And and don't you miss having a pagan wheel of the year calendar? I actually do. Those were really cool That sounds really pretty. Yeah. I mean, it was... uh, just like a regular calendar, but it had a lot of like information and it would have the moon cycles and stuff. I was just it. thinking that like that would be nice to have and the, the different names of the moons yeah, probably and all of that, that stuff. Yep. All right. Well, maybe I'll look into it for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we would love to hear your stories. They can be short. They can be long. We love them. Um, please send them our way. Uh, you can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com. Yeah. What else can they do? And you can also, one of our favorite ways to do this is that you could actually send us some snail mail. Yeah. We're P.O. Box number 264 in Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And you're not going to have written that down. So go to the website, (laughs) ghostlypodcast.com, and go to the bottom in the footer. You'll see the address. Absolutely. And there's also a contact for us form on ghostlypodcast.com. If you don't want to like go to your email and try and do just go to the contact us form, fill it out, tell us your story. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. So we should skip the polls in this episode since Mondo's here. No, no. It's a long episode, but we need to get to those oh, polls. It's always, always important. Freaking polls. So uh, Mondo, and I don't know if you listen to the episode. It's okay either way. But if you, House of Death, thoughts, uh, would you say haunted or not? Even just from the name. Just from the name. Okay. House of Death, I would say haunted. Okay, all right. Well, the the listeners agree with you. Uh, yes, sixty one percent. Actually, you know what? I got that reversed. Did I'm you? So sorry. It is no sixty one point one percent. 
And yes, 38.9. I'm so sorry, Rebecca. Uh-huh. He's got a little uh, smirkiness on his face, <laughs> listeners, so I'm guessing he did that on purpose. Maybe just a little bit. Well, here's the thing. The House of Death, it turns out, didn't have a whole lot of death associated with it. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird, uh, but uh, but uh, the rating yeah, then? Yeah, the overall rating is a 4.67. So pretty close to Haunted. I mean, that is, that's not like crazy low. No, I it isn't. Remember, we're range, our range is typically more around a five. You know what yeah. I mean? It just goes a little bit over or a little bit under. It, it rarely gets to the extremes yeah. of, of the so, zero and 10. Um, you know, the believers did definitely vote very high in that one when yeah they did believe so yeah um but you can go to vote on this episode right now by going to ghostlypodcast.com clicking on the polls in the menu button and right there you'll see the polls though i actually recommend listening to the episode first though i mean i mean you could go vote if you're real strong if you you're I mean, like no i got it i, mean, I know if, if you're really skeptical just go vote right now if you're That's strongly fine. believing don't vote go vote right don't now vote or if you're like Mondo, yeah, they should listen to the episode first, right? Yes. Don't yeah. base it on the name alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's time for a ghost story. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. All right. You can still smell the smoke, the burning, the water, the soot. It's everywhere. There's no escaping it, it seems, no matter how much we clean and clear things up. When you breathe in, it burns your throat, and there's no amount of coughing that seems to clear it out of your body. Yesterday, we went to see what it looked like closer to the lake. Mama told us to work on salvaging from the pile of rubble that used to be our building, but Pete and I just needed to see if anything had survived. Tony told us there was one building by the lake that did, the water tower. This was a newer building that I saw once when Papa took me downtown to help at a new construction site. I'm sure that place didn't make it. I mean, all wood, just like everything else. But the water tower was stone, so I'm thinking maybe Tony wasn't lying this time. When we got there, it was a sight to see. Three weeks after the fire and everything else was flattened. But there was this tower standing up, proud. It was saying, I survived. We will survive. I had to see inside. I mean, it was not easy to find too much of uh, inside lately. <laughs> Pete was scared, but I told him he needed to grow up and face his fears. Took a little daring, but we managed to get in without anyone seeing us. I wanted to get all the way to the top. I wanted to see what the city looked like from above. How bad was it? How far did it reach? When we got to the top, there was a door. I opened it slowly. There was damage in here, even if it was still standing. To my surprise, there was a man standing inside the room. He had his back to us, and he was looking out the window. I was nervous that we might get in trouble, but he wasn't dressed as a cop, so I thought, well, he's probably all right. Just someone like us that needs to see this devastation. As we got closer to the windows, he slowly turned around. His clothes were wet and ripped and had soot on them. 
Everyone's did, but his looked fresh and his face was ashen. I wondered if he had even bathed since the fire. He just stared at us with sad eyes. I said, hello, and asked him what he could see out the window. He just stared at us. That's when I noticed a red mark going all the way around his neck. I put my hand up to protect Pete and just pushed him back. We walked backwards through the door and I told Pete we were getting out of there. I don't know what happened to that man, but he didn't seem safe. When we got back down to the street, I looked up at the window. I saw a shadowy figure standing there. Just then a man came up to us yelling, What are you kids doing? Did I just see you leave that building? It's not safe in there. Don't you ever do that again. What? I asked. We just saw someone up there on the top floor. Can't you see him in the window? But when we looked, he was gone. And the man told us, that's impossible. I just did a full tour of that building a half hour ago and no one was in there. There's no way I wouldn't have seen or heard him. I heard you well enough. I don't know who that lost soul was. I hope he finds peace. I hope the whole city does. Wow. So what is that based off of? It's based on the most uh, popular ghost story associated with the water tower. Oh, okay. So we will definitely hear more about that later. Nice. What did you think of the story there? Oh, it's good. He wasted no time. I'm haunting it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right away, you know, yeah, you right, right there. No. If you're going to haunt, do it right away. Yeah. You you're going to linger. You're going to linger. Don't take like a little vacation because you might not return to mm. go haunt, you know? Uh, all right. So we're going to take a break. But before that break, um, we're going to play you some interviews that we did. The first one is with Dion McGill from Off the Beaten podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, so his podcast is incredible. And he gives a voice to Chicago. Yes, that's what that is his podcast. And And a more proper voice than me. (laughs) I mean, even though he's from the South Side, too, he doesn't sound like he's from the South Side. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, you have more of a South Side accent, I think, than than he does. Even Mondo does. And Mondo grew up a lot on the north side, so I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. understand it. Happened somewhere when I was a teenager. There you go, yeah. Um, but okay, so we're going to play Dion's first, and then we are going to play Nick Mataragas uh, told us something in his interview that he's going to do for Ghostly X that we want to play for you guys. And then Bob had something to say about the water tower as well. So we're going to play all three of those to get you guys ready for the history. All right. And when we return, uh, we're going to have the history then. All right, everybody, we are here with Dion McGill from Off the Beaten Podcast, and uh, I am so excited to finally have him on Ghostly. We we met uh, a couple years ago and have been trying to figure out a way to make this happen, so uh, I'm, I'm excited. Welcome to Ghostly. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. It's so great uh, to, you know, just to connect with other podcasters in Chicago, you know, at least the Chicagoland area. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I mean, I have to admit we're, we're fangirling a little bit over here. So uh, we're, <laughs> we're big fans of off, off the beaten and, uh, everything that you've done. So why don't you uh, tell us about what what is the show? Man, if, if I had the <laughs> answer to that, no. <laughs> no, thank you guys so much. Yeah, so uh, Off the Being Podcast um, is a, a podcast really about just Chicago and its people. Um, it's, it's a, I mean, you know, young, still a young podcast, so it's kind of constantly evolving. But I just, um, it, it comes out of two things. I'm a fan of a gentleman named Wes Watson. He's a big YouTube personality. And he always talks about like acquiring what you admire and why mm. would you not do that? And I've been a podcast fan since like before it was cool, you know, like everyone mm-hmm. does sure. But when like, you know, podcast was still that thing where people are like, what's a podcast? And you struggle <laughs> to explain it. Like it's a radio show that you can download. <laughs> so, you know? When do you go live? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, oh, we still get that. Yes. Yeah. When can I listen yeah. to you? Oh yeah. I'm <laughs> um, sure. And then we had a president who just kind of whenever Chicago was in any kind of discourse, it was very negative. Um, you know, and Chicago is not a perfect city, you know, um, but there's so many amazing, I'm born here in the city. I was raised on the South side of the city. South and side. There's so yeah, you know, uh, and there's so many great things here that never really enters discourse ever, I feel like. No. Um, yeah. So I just really wanted to, like, find a way to just kind of show people, like, the cool, because what makes the city the city? We always say there's a city of neighborhoods, but to me, it's always a city of personalities. And Definitely. I'm like, if you could just get some of these personalities just to talk about themselves and their, you know, what they're doing and their views, then, like, I'm like, that is compelling. Because right. when I meet people all the time, much like yourselves, I'm like, oh, these cats are cool. <laughs> like, but I mean, I love guys for an hour or two. I love that you so, give Chicago a voice, you know? Yes. And that's really um, was the goal, just to kind of start collecting story. I'm, I'm actually a, a, his, a former history teacher. So I'm Whoa. a historian by education. Nice. And um, I, don't, I didn't really – actually, that's a lie. I actually started – the idea of a podcast to actually be an oral history of Chicago Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Whoa, that's pretty specific so, there. <laughs> it was going to be a very and I and that's um if you're familiar Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, UFC without the punching and kicking, but it's a very small community and there's a couple of guy, a handful of guys mostly cuz women didn't even train that back then um at these at the at least the gyms that they were at uh there's a handful of men in the city who started training brazilian jiu-jitsu like almost 25 years ago and they have the most amazing stories so the idea was just to collect those stories and then start branching out based on the stories they would tell me like they mentioned somebody and i'll pull that person in to get another piece of the history um and then the podcast has evolved to Chicago culture and life. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know when I met, I remember I met you at uh, C2E2 a few years ago oh, before the, oh when God, we could yes. be in person uh, with <laughs> yes. people. And I remember when you told me about your show and I thought, oh my gosh, well, my podcast partner, Pat, is a Southsider and loves to tell stories about the city. 
and I was so excited for the two of you to meet. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the world changed. Um, so things didn't go the way that <laughs> we had hoped. Um, but yeah, I think that's our one of our big things is, you know, we talk a lot about the city. Uh, you know, we you know we we talk about ghost things that happened all over the world, but we we always come back to Chicago as often as we can. Sweet home Chicago, and yes. you know, and I think that's one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on is to have a, a you know a Chicago voice to help us kind of understand this city that we love, and I think people maybe that aren't from here or haven't been here for a long time, you know, maybe don't always have the the full impression of of the city. Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, no, that's perfect. I mean, I would imagine people turning on the news in some other um, city or state or wherever they're at, or even the world. And all they hear about Chicago is gun violence. Right? Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. so is that like, should people really be worried about something like that when they go to Chicago to visit? You know, that's a, it's a funny. I, I had actually had coffee with a friend this morning. Um, so one, it, it, coincidentally, I used to work for the Illinois Council Against Handgun Violence. Wow. Um, which, wow. Which you are the person to talk to for this. <laughs> wow. I, I ran their education program. That's It's really funny you bring that question up. But like um, me and a friend, we're actually going to we're both going to uh, Paris in February. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a business trip, uh, like work related. And I was like telling her, cause you know, when I think about going to another place, I want to, I'm thinking food, I'm thinking music, Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking like just the culture and environment, you know, I don't think of museums ever. And I was looking up because I'm fascinated by this topic of, uh, if you're familiar with drill music, which is a style of hip hop that started on the South side of Chicago, it has proliferated around the world you can listen to irish drill uh new uh, new zealand has a huge drill community but i was looking up this kind of like specific style of hip-hop in france and the videos i was watching were scary it was like guns <laughs> and guys with ski masks. Oh, man. And the translations at the bottom is like we're gonna shoot you if you come here don't come here Ooh. oh my like who would ever go to Paris? I was just going <laughs> to say. Know? But that's the exact same way that people look at Chicago, right? They do, yeah. Who would ever go there? And it's just one of those things that, unfortunately, that's so much of what's um, projected out, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas I grew, you know, if anyone looked at me, I work, I, I never really say publicly where I work just because I don't ever really want to link it to my personal life. But mm-hmm. I work for a huge hospital in the city. I'm a, you know, a relatively professional person. I was born and raised on the south side of the city. I've never been shot. I've never been mugged, <laughs> you know, but I, and I've traveled. So I've lived in Germany. I've lived in Alaska. You know, I, I spent some time in the Middle East with the military. But like any place, if I was to go to New York tomorrow and it was like 10 o'clock at night, you're not going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to familiarize myself. Like, are there areas of the city where, you know, risk of things happening sure, can get a little higher. Sure. And I think that's like anywhere, right? Um, you know, you know, not to get deep into the conversation of the history of Chicago, but Chicago has a lot of problems that are historically grounded and driven. And, you know, you talk about systemic issues. So, yeah, yeah there, I mean, there are areas of the city in Chicago. You're not going to find me after yeah. 10 o'clock, right? Yeah. It's not my neighborhood. I don't live here. I don't know the people here. <laughs> no. Right. True. So, so when I see some guys, you know, just hanging out and they're like, hey, who are you? I'm like, oh, 
Oh, this is not my neighborhood. Hey, I'm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I find when whenever confronted oh, with something yeah. like that is I always ask questions. You know, so yes. if like I'm, I find myself in a neighborhood that I'm not familiar with, and these people that kind of look thuggish to me might come up to me. I will ask them a question before they have a chance to do anything. And that just. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, people want to talk no matter who you are. And I I get a really good point to this. I grew up on the south side of the city, right? Same Um, here. Growing up on the south side, I was always told, don't go to the west side. Mm. Um, I was also, they don't like south siders. You're going to have issues, you know, so on and so forth. I did not. And I, I'm ashamed to admit this now. I did not go to the west side of the city. And the city is only 20 miles long <laughs> until I was in my late 20s. I was about wow. 27, 28 for the first time. And I actually did some um, volunteer work over there. And it's kind of the same thing. Like I had been told my entire life, don't go there because of you're going to have issues. Yeah. And when I got there, I was like, oh, this is, I mean, it is, it's different in a lot of ways, you know, um, than from the South side, even being yeah. the same city, but people were, you know, asking questions, you know, meeting people. It really wasn't that much different. I had been fooled yeah. mm-hmm. right, based on the projections to believe that one thing was true in reality. I mean, people are people and, you know, uh, does crime happen in the city? Oh, absolutely. Um, but if you're visiting, you know, I always tell people, if you don't go south to the South side and visit, some of the restaurants there, uh, you know, we've got great vegan restaurants, great cafes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't visit that stuff, you're missing a lot of the flavor of the city. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you but, go during the day, I mean, I, I don't think yes. you have anything to worry about. I was going to say, but I'm not going to be hanging out at 10 o'clock. I don't hang out anywhere in the city at 10 o'clock at night, really. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going somewhere, but I'm not just hanging out anywhere. No, no. So just tell people, you know, just be smart in an urban environment, you know. and Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I was going to say too, you know, so I want to, you know, I'm, I love talking about the city as a whole. And, um, and, and uh, it's, I think a lot of times we think of South side and West side of Chicago as like the bad area. So it's nice to hear about Mm -hmm. how that's not the case, but new lately, Michigan Avenue has been hopping up as like <laughs> dangerous place to be and um water the chicago water tower which we are talking about in this episode is smack in the middle of yeah. you know oh, the this area that is now like dangerous and stores yeah. are leaving mm-hmm. and like all of these things so um so i was wondering what your thoughts are because you know i know you had mentioned to me that you worked you know, kind of in that area and, mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, being in the city. So what, what are your thoughts of, um, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how much, like how much time you guys been like in Streeterville to me, Streeterville's always been like a little, like using terms like shady. It's always been a shady area. <laughs> if, if you go yes. over Streeterville, there's uh-huh. not many, it's something about it. It's dark. Mm-hmm. There's not tons of street lights. Um, and I mean, part of that, cause you have hospitals in the area and I think uh, they don't want a lot of external lighting to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it's, it's always been a bit of a, like a little dark shady area, like not a place where I'm going to be spending a lot of social time, you know? And so, um, it's interesting, you know, it's, it, the, unfortunately just the history of the city. Now we're starting to see these shifts, mm-hmm. um, in, in like crime and, and violence and, you know, crime by anywhere is sad, um. You know, and I, I just hope 
that we're able to uh, learn lessons, mm-hmm. you know, as a city and, and just move forward. Cause yeah, it's, I spend so much time on Michigan Avenue, um, just even personally, just walking around, just enjoying, you know, the, the stores and the windows and, and the ambiance. Yeah, it's and breathtaking. It's so beautiful. Yes. And it's just unfortunate that, like, um, some of the things in Chicago that have been neglected for so long, mm-hmm. now they're starting to reflect in Michigan Avenue, in Lincoln Park. You know, those areas that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily didn't have to worry about those issues. And it's very unfortunate. You know, it's just... Yeah. It's just like, oh, you know. I know. Well, because it's, you know, if you think about it, you know, for people, if you haven't been to Chicago, you know, downtown is, well, people think of downtown as very different things. But let's just say the loop, like the main downtown area is yes. where people work. Yeah, there's not many people that live there, in the loop. Right. There's, and there's, oh, there's yeah. a few restaurants and some theaters. Yeah. But in general, like at night or, you know, or, or if you want to go shopping or do, if you're a tourist... You're not going to mm-hmm. spend a ton of time right in the loop. I mean, you you know, you're probably going to to see things, but you know, the shops and like the the you know the um I don't know the restaurants and the nightclubs and the all of that is all going to be more magnificent mile and river north and all of that that area oh, yeah. up there and oh, yeah. um and so I, I want people to to know that it's um you know not that there haven't been some incidents, but overall. It is a beautiful place. Yeah. And that's also, I mean, it is also, I think one of the reasons it is what it is, right? It's a protected area, generally Mm -hmm. speaking. Right. right? It's very. Revenue generating area. (laughs) It's the heart heart of the city for a lot of, in a lot of ways, for a lot of reasons. And I was coming, I was actually just down there. um, Tedeschi Trucks Band is doing a residency in the Chicago. Oh, oh my I God. That is Tedeschi one of Pat's Truck favorite band. bands. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Curly. you're speaking my language now. <laughs> and I listened to them actually for the first time ever. I never heard them. And I was like, oh, they're doing a residency. I should listen and see what the music's like. Loved it. Oh. Um, but but like, so I was, you know, just in that area. And like, you know, there there is an abundance of uh, police officers and, and things there to, you know, it's a protected area. Yeah. And so, um, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, it you know, the, sh- the city's going to deal with that issue you know as they see fit to to keep the revenues rolling right i mean um, unfortunately they may not deal with it at a systemic level no, but definitely. in a in a in a in a generally you know trying to trying to help it um right, so right. yeah um so no do have you have you been inside the water tower i, I mean it's, it's not something that like people generally just do i, I mean yeah. i i have a vague memory of maybe a of a of a tour as a kid, I've certainly gone by it many times. But I was curious if you ever had the opportunity. So it's funny. I've probably done everything there except for being inside because <laughs> 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 they have those stairs there. Like I've eaten lunch on those stairs. I, yeah. Um, yeah. For people who geocache, that's actually a virtual geocache location. I didn't even like, think about that. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think I mentioned this when we were emailing. Uh, I was supposed to go to my first performance at the Looking Glass Theater, mm. which is in the is the pump station across the street. Yeah. I think that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that, that was December and it was canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I've hung out there because they have those mm-hmm. benches there. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you could like paint a picture 
for the listener of like that oh. area of where where it is because it's kind of it is maybe not what people are picturing i don't know yeah the water tower place is in a little square that's in it's almost like it's michigan avenue runs north to south and it's a block that's kind of embedded in around you know surrounded by their rounding block it's kind of like a cutout that yeah. pushes into the blocks right and there's a courtyard there and it has these uh walkways so you can kind of go every which way and there's benches that line uh the walkways and, and they have a fountain there that they turn into a tree in the winter like the fountain's beautiful uh do not have food out there because the birds go crazy mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like they i had a bird land on my shoulder once eating a donut oh my I was god like, this is are you not and Mary happening. Poppins? What's happening? <laughs> I was like, this is not happening. Because they, you know, there's so many birds right there. And people go out and feed the birds normally. Yeah. So they're just kind of like conditioned to go get food now. And so, mm. um, and across the street is the pump station. They're just both, and they're both this kind of like beautiful, like yellowish or creamish limestone. Yeah, limestone. Yeah, the oh, Lamont, Lamont limestone. Yes. yes. There used yeah. to be the Hershey store there, but that closed. I'm not oh, sure I loved the, the Hershey, Hershey store. store. That oh, was amazing. Right. in the Hershey store. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Hershey store was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and board, and then, right, the big Borders was right by there, the too, Borders right? The Borders was there. Yeah. And, uh, Giardelli was there, too, but it moved yes. up the street. Oh, so, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, it, but it's, so there's stores there. Water Tower Place is still is right uh what they call a kitty corner like diagonally yeah i was gonna can you that's i was just gonna say if you could describe that because i think a lot of people might get those mixed up there's water tower and water tower place yeah so the water tower is a is the act was the actual pumping station and and for the city uh where the the water would kind of pump through right Mm -hmm. Uh, but water tower place is a mall (laughs) yes it is i've stayed in that i've there's a hotel in there i've stayed in that hotel yes yeah yeah, beautiful um and it's yeah it's it's a gorgeous place and it's uh i don't know if that's the second is that the second or third tallest building in the city now but huge has a huge food court Mm -hmm. tons of stores all inside is all glass there's a lego store there that's beautiful yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, again, like it is, I mean, and the whole area is a mall, and then there's a mall in the mall. Oh, yes. Like that's oh, yeah. when yeah. you think of magnificent the, the reason they talk about it is like it is retail central. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe it, Fifth Avenue in New York maybe is kind of would be like, the equivalent. equivalent. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what Rodeo Drive in California? Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, exa- yeah. yes. The, the the big real expensive stores. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's where it, they would be. It's actually yeah. funny. There's a store uh, there's a Cardi store. And I, I, I was joking. I have a friend, a uh, dear friend of mine. Uh, I would joke with her. I'm like, I've never been in a Cardi store. That's kind of like one of my dreams. But mm. I've never gone inside because I feel like they can smell money. And they're just going to like look oh, at me yeah. and be like, you can't afford. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> and she was like, you know what? We're going to go in there. And we, I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, we're going to go. And the next time I walked by, there literally was a sign that said appointment only. I'm like, oh, no, we're not going. <laughs> they knew you were coming. And then they, <laughs> they knew I was coming. <laughs> but it's that area, you know, Cartier and, and Brooks Brothers and all these different, you know. Yeah, I've games. never felt comfortable yeah. to go in any of those stores, but I have walked by them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so going back to... Um, we were talking about crime and um, yes. so I have a story that I, I so I in my previous marriage, um, my my wife at the time was a photographer and she was not like a photographer that was very well prepared. 
um, mm-hmm. she would bring every piece of gear that she had to everything that she did. Well, or maybe she was just being, you know, letting herself be open creatively. <laughs> Let's maybe. not insult yeah. the past wives. <laughs> so anyways, she, um, so she had all of her camera equipment. And of course, uh, I was with her, so I was the one carrying all of her camera equipment. <laughs> We're talking Absolutely. thousands of dollars here. I mean, for, oh. photography is expensive, right? It is super expensive. Oh, absolutely. And we were by the water tower, and I was sitting on one of those benches over there with her camera bag that, as I said, thousands of dollars. And I had always been told to watch yourself around the water tower, that the water tower, that there's a lot of crime around there, you know? And oh, so I, okay. was, I was like, okay, I'm going to hold on to this bag because someone would could just run up and grab this bag and steal thousands of dollars from me, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm holding it very protectively. What time of day and are we talking? Night. We're night. Talking, okay. We're talking like eight o'clock at night. Okay. Not 10 o'clock. No. Dion, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It was eight o'clock, but still. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I was sitting there and... Um, to the to the right of me came a um, came a homeless woman. Uh, she was an elderly black homeless woman, uh, and she sat next to me. And she seemed you know pretty sweet, um, but you know of course she's homeless. So I'm grabbing my bag a little tighter and stuff. And then to the left of me, there's another homeless person that comes and sits down next to me. And this one happens to be a um, younger white homeless male. Um, and so I'm like, oh my God, what the heck is going on here? They're trying to corner me in this situation and they're going to steal this camera. And, uh, so I'm holding tighter and tighter and, uh, they were chit-chatting over me. So like, you know, their heads were like over my lap almost, you know? Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, the guy says to the woman, he said, um, did you get any money today? And uh, she said, no, no, I wasn't able to get anything. And he said, you know, he said, wow, well, yeah, it was a pretty good day for me. And he took out all the money in his pocket and he gave her half of the money. And to me, I was blown away by this. First of all, that, you know, every time I've been on heightened alert for crime to happen, it doesn't. And I, I realized the humanity in people then. And uh, I just thought it was so inspiring that these homeless people are sharing everything that they have, not to mention that they are different races, they're different ages, they're different everything. Like these two people, besides being homeless, look look like they had nothing in common at all, but yet they're willing to share everything that they have with another person. Yeah. Yeah, you, You know, yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, I think, you know, we, I think we all need those reminders that like, you know, like, we're, I mean, like I always say people are people, right. Yeah, and yeah. we're, and we, if we are willing, if we were willing to work together and rely on each other, you know, then like, you be, you know, it's just, everyone's for, more fulfilled, right. Absolutely. Whether it's by meeting what someone needs or just, you know, oh man, I'm a better person because I'm helping someone else. Um, you know, and like we were talking, chatting before we started recording, I, I lived in Alaska for two years. And wow. one thing I lived in a, a small town, very rural, um, like 1200 people was the census number. 
Mm. But one thing I learned about living in that environment, because it's interior Alaska, it can get extremely cold. Um, and that in that environment, everyone relies on everyone. And I also found that no one ever really was openly hostile to anyone, even if you didn't like a person, because you never knew when you might have to rely on that person. Ah. And it created this <laughs> kind of <That's> weird. <laughs> It was like he never like even if you like oh I know that guy doesn't like that guy but they'll shake hands and be friendly in public <laughs> because you never know when you have to lean on this person right and it could be a life or death situation literally sure and you know if we learn to just kind of rely on each other more and trust each other more and work together more yeah. you know uh, yeah I, so thank you for sharing that story man that's, it was it was really man, touching real. to me and it, you know. Yeah. This is this is an ongoing pattern in my life that when I've been overly protective that I, I've I've seen the best in humanity come out and it's inspiring. Yeah. And I, I if you live in an urban area, I think like we I think we all have those moments, you know, where we kinda like might be expecting the worst, you know, <laughs> in people or a situation. And then when it works out, you're like, um oh, then you know, I'm like, I feel like a jerk. And yeah, then, yeah <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Like it does help you uplifts, you know, and it does kind of reaffirms your belief. Like, man, people people can be good, you know. Like yeah. I think we don't even acknowledge that sometimes we just, yeah so, well yeah, i think yeah absolutely. i do think it you know and this isn't to say that you shouldn't you know be aware of your surroundings or take precautions all of those things but i think it does you know that to go like you said overly protective you know what i mean if you let those stories kind of creep into your mind and here's the thing i'm someone who has experienced crime in the city like i when i lived yeah. there it's funny, you know, For I mean, I, I had a friend who lived on the South Side, went there all the time, never had anything happen to me. Where I had something happen to me was Lincoln Park, where people have mm-hmm. money, you know, so like <laughs> that was, that was, you know, whatever. But I mean, you know, it, it went, it was, it was okay, you know, no one got hurt, whatever. But, um, you know, and a few other times, but I think, you know, um, there's lessons to be learned about being safe. But again, that is, those are so the minority of the experiences. Yeah that yes. I have had living in the city, going to the city, you know, that, you know, I'm not worried about going, you know yes. what I mean? Like, just because I have had a few things happen doesn't deter me at all, you know, yeah. uh, from it. Absolutely. You know, I, it, it, and it's funny you say that it's something that came to mind. I have a friend, uh, a lovely young lady I used to work with, but her name's Colleen. And I remember years ago, this we were actually teachers together. Um, she was mugged one day, actually, mm-hmm. um, in her neighborhood in the city. And I remember after that, just like talking with her, and it 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 always amazed me. It did not shake her ability to 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 love and embrace the city like one little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. was like it was one of those moments. You know, she was like, "Yeah, it happened." And, it was unfortunate, you know, she goes, people are struggling, you know, she, but yeah, <laughs> she said, you know, I'm, you know, you bounce back. And I just remember always like reflecting upon that, like, man, she, yeah, she could do that. Then <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can keep faith. Cause you know, that's real. And I, mm-hmm. that's cool. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So have you ever, Oh, well, I, you know, we didn't even ask you, are you a believer or are you a skeptic? Oh, I'm like, I think I'm perfectly in the middle, okay. I think, which is strange. Um, I, 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 
I've had a few experiences that definitely make me believe there are things that occur that cannot be explained. So I guess that would make me a believer, right? But I don't think that every time things mm-hmm. happen that people are like, are like, that's a ghost. I'm like, yeah, well, hold on. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. the ripple might have had something to do with it. Like, let's just think about this for a minute. But yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I'm I'm a I'm a some timer, I suppose. Yeah. Team in the middle. <laughs> Tweeny. No, 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 tween. No, you a grown man should not say, I'm team tween. No, no, you should not say that. That's not okay. I won't say that. Team in the middle. Rebecca doesn't like that Cash, term at all. So. Cash trying to get me in trouble. I won't say that. I am trying to save you guys. Um, that's all I'm saying. Uh, but no, I, mean, I think actually a lot of our listeners uh, feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's why we don't just have the same vote every week <laughs> on uh, our stories. You know, it's like some, yeah. you know, we, we, we definitely go back and forth as far as, you know, where, the, where people land um, for each of the stories. So have you ever felt anything, had any experiences over at the water tower or in that area? At that hour specifically, no. Um, I don't, you know, I feel like I'm one of those people that even if I did, I wouldn't even necessarily recognize it in the moment. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, I would kind of sure. shake it off. Like, okay. Um, like, okay, they did no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, that didn't really happen. It just happened. Because um, I just, you know, going through the city, you know, like, there's so many areas of the city, I feel like, that are, you know, because of the history of the city and the, the you know, that there, there are always possibilities for spirits or you know feelings mm-hmm. connections um so like off the top of my head i want to say no but i'm like one of those people who would just like that didn't just happen i'm good i <laughs> 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 keep it pushing anyway <laughs> uh, so yeah <laughs> yeah no that's a good way to avoid paranormal activity i think is just to create not a mental see block it. yes that's exactly what it is. <laughs> just sure. <laughs> hair standing up you're like wait a minute and you're like ah, it just happened oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well uh how can they find you dion yeah they want to oh, hear more oh that's so so kind of you guys um if you go just uh, i have a website it's just www.offthebeatenpodcast.com um and then i'm on social media uh you know uh, instagram facebook uh twitter um, I'm, I'm all about all those um and you know all the major uh, podcast listening platforms. Uh, and I guess, I don't know when you're going to release this episode on February 1st. Actually, I won't be on Spotify, but I'll be everywhere else. So, yeah. Oh, that, you're going gotcha. off Spotify. Wow. I've, I And if you know how much I love Spotify, oh. uh, you'll, you'll know how heavy that, that, like, that's a major thing for me. I uh. canceled my uh, membership this morning mm. that was kicking this i feel like i was kicking and screaming with myself and then yeah um so yeah oh well, i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i, well, oh, I understand okay. i understand that's all right <laughs> uh but yeah no this is coming out uh this will be coming out next week um or this coming week i guess i should say we're on saturday so i don't i guess technically it's an, i don't know yeah. it depends when you start your week but anyways it's coming out uh, uh soon so um but yeah go, yeah your website is great i love it it's I got the so name. much information on it off um, the beaten that is the most awesome name for a podcast thank you so much it's i've i always think of myself as like out of the like i'm just an out of the box dude and like, like <laughs> and i kind of always have been um so years ago i had a 
blog then i kind of used i used the name off the beaten path ah. um, and it's just really perfect for my personality like you know sure. very similar like i'm going you know I'm, I'm going to paris and i'm trying to go every place that no one else is going <laughs> like where yeah where yeah. can i go and get off the you know and so it's for me just off the beaten is a is a perfect kind of just way to phrase, phrase what i like to do um so yeah awesome Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on Ghostly and uh, giving us an idea of what that area is like. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, anyone who's never been there, I'd definitely check it out. I mean, it's it's historic. You know, it's yeah. one of the few buildings that existed through that fire. Um, it's beautiful. You know, um, you could, there are windows that you can see, you know, you can see in it. Yes. Inside. That's and what so, I remember. Yes. Yes. And so <laughs> it's a beautiful place to visit. Yeah. Um, there is no boredom in that area by any means. Nope. Um, anything you want to so, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything you want to do. <laughs> Actually, Rebecca, you would, uh, since he said it was beautiful, Oscar Wilde would not agree with him on that. No, that's true. I did see that quote. Oscar Wilde thought it was very, very ugly. Um, I don't remember his exact quote, but it was, yeah, it was definitely not on his list of places. I think he said like the castleization or something like that. Yeah, something something like that. You know, it does have that castle-y feel. To draw, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the R Cable House. Um, oh yeah yeah which is right next to the treehouse museum mm-hmm. like that was the architecture in that area right everything looked like yeah. castle because <laughs> i okay. always look at the arcade house uh which externally looks the way it did in the early 1900 uh i forget when it was constructed but it might be 1925 maybe like mm-hmm. i feel like it's a little older but it looks like a castle it's just like oh it does, it does. yeah he gave his first lecture in Chicago. Oh, coming up February 13th, 1882. And mm-hmm. cool. he would include local references. And so he took the opportunity to comment on uh, the water tower and he called it a castellated monstrosity with pepper boxes <laughs> stuck all over it. That's a perfect description. <laughs> I'm spilling that, and that's the way I'm going to describe it right now. Oh, and the and the Tribune said, "Hey, you wounded the pride of Chicagoans," and he was like, "Okay, I don't. He's like, "I can't help that." He's like, "Peace <laughs> out." Right. He's that, like, okay. "That's when he dropped the mic." Okay, if you build a water tower, why don't you build it for water and make a simple structure out of it instead of building it like a castle where one expects <laughs> to see mailed knights peering out of every part? It seems a shame to me that the citizens of Chicago have spent so much money on buildings with such unsatisfactory result from an architectural point of view. Your city looks positively wow. too dreary for me. Wow. But, then, awesome. actually, but actually, he went on to say how much he loves Chicago and stuff like that in a later one. So, well, yeah. we certainly rebuilt it and, and did yeah. better, I think. Yeah. Much as I would encourage my listeners, he got off the beat path. He was yeah, like, right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get out of here. Because I mean, Chicago the home of the bungalow house, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, he got away from, you know, there. He's like, oh, this is a cool city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so take I, that tip, everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Well, again, thank you so much, Dion. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to even more episodes with you in it. Oh, yes, absolutely. We got to have you guys on uh, OTBP for sure. Can't wait. And we'll Can't definitely wait. talk more about the city. So, I'd yeah, love to talk we'll Southside with you. Yes. <laughs>
is. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Maybe a little Rick Abani's or something. Oh, my God. Behave yourself. I can't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, good spot. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. That's awesome. But yeah, no, I've never been inside the water tower. I've been by it a bunch of times, obviously. Yeah. Um, what are your what are your thoughts of the of the building itself? I always wonder, I'm like, it's so different than what you would expect a water tower to look like. Yeah. It's a cool building and you know, it's it survived the Chicago fire, which is pretty awesome. Uh so did the pump house across the street from it. But um I mean, it's survived ish. Because yeah, so the way that it looks today is very similar to the way it was constructed, but there is a time when it was in a very, very bad condition. Okay. And they were actually planning on moving it because it was an eyesore. And um, they couldn't move it because it was actually in like ruins almost. Wow. And if they would have moved it, it would have destroyed the entire building and they wouldn't have had a building. They would have had to reconstruct the whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So they fixed it. When when were they talking about moving it? Um, after it was only in use for a few years. I mean, well, it doesn't it, like when we think of a water tower, we think of you know like the big towering thing with like yes. the bulbous top, yeah, of some yes. sort. And that's not what this is. It kind of just looks like a like a like a tower. Well, it wasn't really that kind of water tower. Right. It was more for filtration and stuff. Right. Well, it's it's kind of the precursor to. Some of the hollow buildings in downtown Chicago. Yeah. You know about those, right? Where it's it's all Mm-mm. just utilities. Yeah. So some of the buildings in the loop don't actually have anything in them. Really? They're just pipes or wires or conduits or whatever. It's it's all the infrastructure you need to have for the downtown Chicago to, to work. And so it's literally like ComEd owns the building or, you know, the water, you know, city waterworks or whatever own the building. And inside is just the stuff they need for the utility. Wow. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. But that, you know what? That kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, Chicago, it's interesting because it, it is a lot, it is very planned, mm-hmm. you know, compared to other cities just because of the fire. Right. They were able to plan it, which is why we have alleys. And we don't have to put our garbage out. One of my favorite in the things front. is when I was a tour guide, people were like, Chicago is so clean. <laughs> I'm like, that's because we have alleys. They're like, what? Like because after the fire we could re- we redesigned the city and so yeah walk down alleys. the alley and say it's clean. You know? <laughs> well, but that's the point. Like yeah. in New York or anywhere on the East Coast or even like New Orleans, like the garbage goes on the curb. Right. Yeah. You don't have that in Chicago. Yeah, and I guess now we also don't have to see a lot of the other internal stuff because it's right. in these buildings. Right. Yeah. I had and no also, idea. All the stuff that happens in the undercity, you know, like yeah, that's true. Yeah, but the the water tower was made as like a hub. Mm-hmm. Because they actually, uh, so people were dying from drinking the water in Chicago. Yeah, because the drinking water was coming in from, the, was, the river was pumping out into the lake full of poop. And I just wanted to know, have you ever heard that it is supposedly haunted no okay you've been to the chicago water tower i have have you ever been inside yes 
Okay. What did you feel I mean, anything while you were the, there? N- not the mall. Okay, that's what I thought. You were oh, I was just saying, no, not the mall. Yeah, that's, we were just talking about tower. that. Oh, yeah. the other. So the actual, the actual water yeah. tower itself. I have been there too. I thought you meant the mall. I'm yeah. Like, no. no, not water tower place. No. What did you think of that? It's cool. It's a nice, historic, you know, interesting place to be. Would you love to do a paranormal investigation there? It'd be cool to do. I don't think you're going to find anything. Is there stories? That, is there like reports of people dying there or something? There uh, is a report. Yes. Oh. There is a report that Rebecca's going to talk reports. about in the debate section I, uh, um, about a man that hung himself that during leave, the Great Chicago Fire. That would leave an energy footprint behind. I mean, any place can be a haunted location, I guess, if you believe in a theory that hauntings are energy footprints left behind. I, yeah, I guess there is energy footprint left there, so I guess it could be haunted. But like I have and I grew up in Chicago proper and mm-hmm. Chicago like Burb right there on the state line. And I could tell you pretty much most places in Chicago that are the, you know, the famous spots and even some of like the low key spots, even around the burbs. I've never heard of the water tower having a ghost. And your first instinct is that it's probably not. It's probably not. Okay. That's, I mean, that's fair to go by your instinct. Um, Anything that stands out to you, though, about the Water Tower? It's a fascinating place. It's Chicago history, right? Yeah. That's cool. It's um, one of the few buildings to withstand the Great Chicago Chicago Fire. Fire, Right. Yeah. It's a symbol of old old Chicago. Chicago, No, and I get that. That's fine. And I appreciate what it is. Mm -hmm. But you would think, like, if there is one place in the world that I probably know the most paranormal ghost stories attached, it's Chicago and Chicago, like Chicago proper and Mm -hmm. Chicago land. No, most of them. I have never, in any of my research, listening to old Richard Crow interviews on mm-hmm. WGN radio um, or anything that ever told me that the water tower was haunted. So I guess this would be news to me. <laughs> mm. Is it an is it a episode that you'd be interested in oh, hearing? Yeah. Pat, you guys could do an episode about like the Build-A-Bear store at Navy Pier. Wait, you told them we're going to be doing that? Uh, he just knew. <laughs> Call it intuition. You guys did a Build a Bear episode of the Navy Pier. I'd listen. So yes, I would listen regardless. Throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of great people. People that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. And it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project, and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show.
All right. Now, this episode kind of goes along with our episode on the old Chicago Cemetery. So if you haven't listened to that one, I would definitely advise you to, um, because there's a lot of shared, shared history here. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of the same factors that made them move the cemetery in the water tower. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Chicago wasn't envisioned to be this great big city with when it was conceived. Uh, but because of the I&M Canal, Chicago has become this large city that it is. It really has become kind of like the hub. Now, you know who told me about the I&M Canal and its history, right? Uh, no. That <gasps> guy right there, Mondo. Mondo. Yeah. Yeah, how did, did you how did you learn about the history for the IM canal? I just love Chicago history and I mean just you know uh as we lived near the IM canal and so we would see the different barges coming and going and then you know just going out to places that are near Chicago like Starve Rock along there then you begin to realize that it was just basically a long trail or on the water for all these barges to move things from here all the way to the Mississippi. So then once yeah. they got there, all the way down to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't realize how significant it was until you told me. Like, I knew what it was. I just didn't know what its meaning was to us. Well, and just to say, too, like, I grew up not that close to it, right? So, again, in the Chicago area, but definitely more west and not south. And, I mean, we learned about, like, the reversing the river and all the things that I'm sure we're going to talk more about. But um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> but, I like, not being near it, not seeing it on a daily basis wasn't part of, yeah. like, my upbringing or learning about it. So that's interesting. Well, yeah, I, I got to smell it every morning. Ah, oh, yeah. there I'm you sure go. that was wonderful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you hear of the old American explorers, uh, a lot of them were looking for a waterway that would take them from the ocean into the Great Lakes, and they wanted something to connect everything to the Gulf of Mexico. This wasn't even possible until the creation of the I&M Canal. Uh, here's, here's an excerpt from Encyclopedia of Chicago. Upon its completion in 1848, the Illinois and Michigan Canal light bulb, joined the Chicago River at Bridgeport near Chicago with the Illinois River at LaSalle, 96 miles distant. The canal provided a direct water link between the Great Lakes and the Mississippi River and helped to shift the center of Midwest trade from St. Louis to Chicago. Bam, take that, St. Louis! <laughs> And uh, so, like, th that still didn't really connect everything to me. But I remember the American explorers always wanting to find that passageway. Uh, and they thought the Mississippi was it. Mm -hmm. But it didn't connect totally to the, Great, to the Great Lakes. Right, yeah. So, but then I started thinking about it even more. Uh, this meant that goods and services actually became cheaper in the Midwest and made Chicago the focal point of the U.S., if not the world at that moment. Wow. I mean, I'm not sure. If, I mean, I I don't know. I'm not sure if we beat London, but I mean, maybe. At that particular time, we did. Okay. Maybe not now, but at that particular time. All right. Chicago was known for its slaughterhouses, <laughs> its railways, and now its shipping yards. It put everything together. I mean, everything came through Chicago. You're talking lumber. You're talking um, eventually steel. 
you know, it, it became like everything for everybody. Well, and I'm just going to put in a little bit of my career counselor uh, in the Chicagoland area uh, <laughs> hat for a second. And it still is a transportation hub. Yeah. So logistics is something that uh, is kind of like the mechanics, right, of getting goods and services mm-hmm. everywhere. That is a huge industry in Chicago. If you're yeah. looking for jobs, trust me, they are hiring. Uh, I mean, a lot of places are, but <laughs> they definitely are good paying jobs. Uh, but, you know, really, we are the hub for rail, air, water. I mean, all of the all of the things. And sausages. And sausages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All and here. Most uh, people also don't know that... The, uh, during the 1800s, especially like with the trains, if you were traveling from the East Coast to the West or if you vice versa, you actually had to come to Chicago and deboard mm-hmm. typically for a day. And then you would reboard to get on another train that took you the rest of the way. Yeah. So you were forced to get off here at Chicago. That's how we got and them. Typically stay at a hotel. Yeah. That's how we got them here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then they never leave. They never yep. leave. Especially so, if they ran into H.H. Holmes. <laughs> oh. Uh, Chicago started to grow rapidly after this point into what what was once considered the second largest city. Hence the term second city. When you guys hear of, you know, the second city, um, comedy place that's where they got their name right yeah i i mean there's a lot of uh stories about that term but i i think um that's probably the the the, the one yeah it was because we were the second largest city yeah. at that point um but, but chicago's growth had some real difficult problems back then the largest part of the city sat on what was sea level which to me seemed kind of nice, right? Because then, <laughs> you know, you could walk directly into Lake Michigan to cool off on those hot summer days that nice. we have there in Chicago. You know, right? That's nice. Sea level. Oh, man. But if you really explore the time period, this was extremely bad because there were no sewers. So waste would just be discarded into the streets. Uh, think of like the Black Plague. Yep. You know, and this is a horrible thing. It's beyond horrible. It's death. I mean, pretty much. Uh, yes. Um, because Chicago was at sea level, anytime it would rain, the waste would then drift off into the Chicago River, which used to feed into Lake Michigan, meaning that there was not a good place to get drinking water. So back in those days, it was healthier for you to drink an adult beverage than it was for you to drink water. I mean, that was true for a lot of history, yeah. you know, to, I mean, to, if you were, in an urban setting. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was really bad in Chicago because of it being sea level as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So Chloria was a major problem standing in the way of how big Chicago could become. There were a lot of deaths associated with Chloria, especially after a good rainfall. You would see the numbers just go up dramatically. So the people of Chicago came up with a plan. Well, they actually came up with a couple plans, but this is one of the plans. This plan had a couple of different phases. So they wanted to use the water from Lake Michigan, which is one of the largest bodies of fresh water. Uh, We're blessed with that in Chicago area. Mm -hmm. We have some of the best water right now. So even though I'm talking about this, the water is really good here. Um, But with Chicago River feeding into the Great Lakes, it, it made the first mile or so of water extremely contaminated. So... They made these things called water cribs. Mondo, have you ever seen the water cribs? Yeah, if you look out yeah. into Lake Michigan, they're the uh, 
little almost uh, lighthouses is what yeah. they look like. They, off in the they look like really fat uh, lighthouses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I knew what they were. I, yeah. I just assumed they were lighthouses. So a water crib is a structure built to house and protect offshore water intake to make it much safer to drink the water. Interesting. So Chicago built six of these cribs. Only two of them are still in use, though. All of these are one to four miles out into Lake Michigan. So at first, they were all just one mile. Then they, uh, then they built a two-mile one. And then they're like, no, no, no. We need a four-mile one. <laughs> and then, you know, this is the crazy part. To connect these cribs to the shore, they built tunnels under Lake Michigan. Unreal. And they're still there. Like they I didn't can't even take away imagine. the tunnels. I mean, most of them, you know, you probably couldn't go through, but there are still some that you can't. Well, and here's the thing too: if you haven't been to Chicago or seen Lake Michigan, and this, I always say this with people that when they first come to visit, I mean, it looks more like an ocean than a it does. lake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, you know, I you think when people say it, when they really. say Great Lake, yeah. I mean, you're still thinking lake. No. So I can't even imagine how deep it is or how it's a freshwater to do ocean. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this was no small undertaking because, I mean, think of all the man hours that would have to happen and how they would do it, the engineering. Um, and then finally on land, they would build a pump house, which actually still is there today. It sits across the street from the water tower. Um, but there was some problems with this, though. The water flow was very inconsistent. So... What they needed was a huge standpipe to hold some of the water to make it a more even flow. And in the great Chicago fashion, it couldn't just be a huge pipe coming from the ground. We had to make it into a castle. <laughs> in fact, there is some speculation that um, the fast food place White Castle uh, kind of got its idea from the water tower. Kind of looks like it, the logo. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. totally see that and the yeah. look of the building. So the Chicago Water Tower was built in 1869 by architect William W. Boynton. The actual standpipe is located inside this amazing structure, though. The water tower was originally at what was considered Chicago's northern edge, which is weird because now it's like in the middle. That's true. Well, and like we, yeah, I'm, it, it's, yeah it was the outskirts of the city. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was like, yeah. Anything past that was no longer Chicago then. <laughs> so anything north of that. I can't comprehend that. No, neither can I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's constructed with Lamont limestone. Lamont being a town outside of Chicago with a huge quarry. Have you been to Lamont? Oh, yeah. yeah have you been to the quarry? I have. Yeah. Actually, yeah. You drove down in there? No. Uh, no. It. There's parts of it that go uh, stretch over to Canal. Oh, okay. Yeah, we yeah. We actually went there fishing one time. Oh, yeah. How was that? Catch anything? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> Would you have eaten it had you... No. Okay. Caught a three-eyed fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not only would this help with the fresh drinking water, but it also would be used for firefighters to put out fires. Wow. Kind of a hint of what what's to come here, yeah. you know? Uh, so I did some research into this William Boynton, and he was a fascinating man. Okay. Uh, he was born in Massachusetts uh, and studied engineering and, and architecture in New York. So he began to work there, 
but then became a New York state legislator. Oh. And all of a sudden he picked up and left. <laughs> and he moved to Chicago in 1853, uh, right when Chicago was becoming the second city. I wonder if there was like lady problems. That's my... I think it was money. I think it was like, how much more can you build in New York at that time versus how much can you build in Chicago at this time? Yeah, definite opportunity. Definite. Here. Absolutely. So, yeah, I I think he went he went for the money. All right. Uh, so the water tower was only in place for two years when all hell broke loose because 1871 was the Great Chicago Fire. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail about the Great Chicago Fire in case we ever want to do an episode on it. Which I'm sure we will. Which, yeah, I, I don't think would be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But it demolished almost an entire emerging city in one night. That's all it took, one night, for almost everything to be gone. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple buildings that made it through that night. Do you know what they are, Armando? Uh, yeah, Water Tower. Water Tower? <laughs> uh, was Holy Name Cathedral? Was no, it, no. No. Was not built yet. Okay. Um, no. Okay. Yeah. So um, so we have the pumping station, of course, which, right. I mean, when I say the Water Tower, a lot of times I mean the pumping station, I was just going to say, like, I put those together yeah. in my mind. So, um St. Saint Ignatius College Prep. I don't know where that is. It's in the city. <laughs> it's in Chicago. Well, I mean, yes. And St. Michael's <laughs> Church in Old Town. Oh. And a police constable cottage at 2121 North Hudson. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, it. In addition, there were plenty of sections of Chicago on the west and south side that never got touched by the fire. Yeah, it wasn't like the entire city. Yeah, burned but out. I mean, it was like the like our downtown area. Yeah, the the yeah. the money part, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the business part. Yeah, I believe the wind came from the southwest, so it just yeah. Oh, took it right to yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and this kind of makes me think of um, our uh, Peshtigo fire episode because we definitely talk about yeah so if you want theories on what started the fire and what was going on there's a lot of good theories go listen to the Peshtigo yeah episode because we talk about that there now the water tower would likely not have survived without a firefighter named frank troutman according to the chicago architecture center uh, which i got a lot of this information from actually yeah it's a i have a friend who used to work yeah for them uh, during the great the great fire, he covered the buildings in woolen blankets and discarded canvas sails soaked in lake water, protecting it from the cinders and flaming debris as the rest of the city burned. Hmm. I I just figured it was because of the limestone. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I wonder if sky. that helped though. Too. I mean, maybe I mean, part sure of the structure. Hurt. Yeah. Well, and I what's that's amazing though. And just think about it. I mean, it makes sense that you would fight really hard to try to save the things that had water that you could use to put out the fire. Yeah, not only to put out the fire, but also because I mean, if you're going to exist there afterwards, you need drinking water. True. That's the first thing that you need yeah, in any survival from, situation. That is the first thing that you need is water. Spare them from further chances of disease yeah, yeah right absolutely. that's yeah. what happens a lot of times when like a hurricane comes through or whatever there's a lot of problems after right. because of clean drinking water access yeah wow so that wasn't the only plan that chicago had when it came to being at sea level 
Um, there were two other interesting things that happened at the same time the water tower was being planned. So they decided to raise up Chicago in in the most literal sense I could I could say, <laughs> not just raise. I, I mean, like lift up the yeah, city. Yeah, not figuratively. Yeah, literally. Exactly. Uh, they actually jacked up the buildings between four to fourteen feet. So no longer at sea level then, <laughs> because now you're up higher. Um, the pictures of of watching them do this are amazing. And actually, one of the things that surprised me the most is none of the buildings were hurt doing this. Wow. They well, were able to. I mean, until the fire. Well, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, but they, they were able to jack them up without causing damage to the structure itself. Crazy. Yeah, I, I've heard uh, of hotel or uh, people that were eating dinner in the hotel uh, hotels that were being lifted. And uh, they said their drinks never even, they never spilled a drink, not a plate was dropped while they lifted them. So the people were actually dining at the same time that they were raising. Wow, that is insane. That's crazy. And just to think there's like a city under the city. Yeah. You know, you never, you never think about that, but um, Hmm. yeah, but that wasn't the only thing. In 1887, they did one other thing that Rebecca kind of alluded to. Um, It, Kind of made the water tower useless, though. Okay. Because they actually reversed the Chicago River. So it was no longer feeding into Lake Michigan um, that caused the chloria. Wow. So um, they reversed the river. Now, doing this was amazing. But all of the southern cities that were on the Mississippi were very upset by this idea. And I didn't think about other people. But imagine that all of Chicago's waste would travel all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico now. Oh, I just read a newspaper article about this like a couple weeks ago. Wow. About how we're sending so much stuff down that oh, way. Oh, yeah. Giving everyone Chloria. Oh, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not our problem. Exactly. <laughs> That's a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Just kidding. Uh, but in fact, they actually took Chicago to court over this before they did it. And the verdict was about to be passed that Chicago couldn't do it. So Chicago decided to use the rule of saying sorry versus waiting for permission. Nice. And they did it. They did it actually, you know, the federal government was totally against it. Everybody was totally against it except for Chicago because we didn't want our waste. So they went ahead and did it. Shame. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> uh, after they did this, the water tower was not as useful. The pumping station still gets a lot of use, but they don't really need the huge standpipe anymore. Um, but because a lot of Chicagoans thought this was the only building to survive the Great Chicago Fire, they just couldn't tear it down. And in 1906, the building was almost in ruins. The city paid for it to be restored. But in 1918 and in 1948, they wanted to actually move the structure. Since it was kind of useless but served as a symbol, uh, they just wanted to move it down further and not on Michigan Avenue. I mean, think, Prime of, real estate. think of how much that land is worth right there. True. So they wanted to move it, but they discovered both times that they couldn't move the building without destroying it completely because it's it's kind of... I mean, the structure, it's it's sound where it's at, but as soon as they would pick it up, it would crumble. It's like anchored to the ground, and then those tubes are coming up from the ground, I'm yeah. sure, kind of an 
two independent structures that are helping yeah. hold it up. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever been inside the water tower? No, no. Oh, I, I, I've been inside it. I did a tour of it when I was a kid. Yeah, I think when I went past, they had a long line oh, back okay. then. And at that point in time, if I saw a long line, I wasn't going to get in it. <laughs> but who you taught know? you otherwise? Uh, we'll just call him Carswick. No. <laughs> <laughs> Name rhymes with Smatrick. <laughs> yeah. He told me that if you see a line, no longer how long, or a long line, you get in it. Yeah. Even if you don't know what it is. Yeah. Because it means something. And now you have a spot in that line. And how has that served you to this day? He was right. We ate the best barbecue that yeah. we ever had. We wow. didn't even know what we were in line for. No. But we got <laughs> we in line and we ate some barbecue. <laughs> yeah. But I think if you've got the time, that is not a bad rule. No. Yeah. You see a long line. They, I mean, there has to be people there for a reason. Yeah. Right? I mean, I suppose now it's probably for a COVID test, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you might need Those it, lines get really You might long. need that. You might need it. It's okay. Uh, in 2003, much of the pumping station except the still-functioning engine room was converted to a live theater venue as part of the surrounding area's ongoing redevelopment into a museum and retail district. Similarly, uh, the water tower was converted to use as an art gallery space for the city of Chicago. And it still stands to this day as a symbol of old Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Do you guys have anything to add? When I, yeah, no, it's, that's a perfect symbol for Chicago. And I mean, you figure after the fire, if that was the la- the only thing that you really saw. Yeah. I mean, it was at least an inspiring sight. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was one of the only um, non-private buildings standing in that area. Yeah, no, it was definitely, I, I, I read, you know, like old news, I saw some old newspaper headlines, things like that. And it, yeah, they, I think they even put some like, like a, like flags on it, different things that were like it was like a like a still standing or or I yeah. survived, we can survive. I mean, it was it was a call to the city, like yes, we can. We're we're not down, yeah. you know. We're down, but we're not out. There you go. Beacon of hope. Beacon of hope. Yeah. So what what do you when you go to the water tower? What do you think? Um. Or when you have before. I'm just usually taking it all in you know it's just like you have to that particular part of town i mean over there is just beautiful and i mean you know so yeah in that little parkway there beautiful that's the jane jane burns parkway i believe yeah it it's been a long time since i've been there but yeah back then we used to have the horse and carriage rides oh Oh, yeah yeah. 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 absolutely and they that was before cars were invented right (laughs) 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 but yeah um yeah, that's where you would get yeah the horse and carriage rides. That was always yeah. nice, and it was really fitting too. You know, you're in this old by this old castle looking thing, yeah, which it, sure it was. It doesn't look like a castle that anyone could live in, or like only one or two people could live in. It's not like big, right? But it, but it has a castle like structure. But yet it doesn't. It's not a like if you like if you see an old castle like a real medieval castle. It's not that. No, it's like it's a, just it's like a German castle. Like it's got that German. Yeah, more that, but yeah. it's just it's still like it's it's still it's not modern, but it's modern. I mean, in the in the art sense of the word, um, you know, where it's it's definitely a, an homage yeah. to a castle, not meant to be a castle. No, 
it's meant to remind you of that. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> well, I, I I mean I though I disagree with Oscar Wilde. I just yeah <laughs> yeah. Did you hear what Oscar Wilde said in the yeah I did. yeah in in the interview <laughs> with the with the yeah, there it was yeah. I thought you were an Oscar Wilde fan. Oh, I am. Oh, I love him. Yeah. yeah. You just Absolutely. don't like what he has to say about the water tower. Well, I mean, but I, but thinking of it that way, I can kind of understand oh, okay. where it's like this upstart America, you yeah. know, I mean, not really at that point. We had been around for a little while, at that, but still like the, the, yeah, we were around for just almost a hundred years. Yeah. Something like years. that, which again, for Europe, not much at <laughs> all, but that idea of like, okay, so you're building like weird buildings that like, kind of look like are really really old buildings okay <laughs> like you know it's kind of like when you see kids and they're like i oh my gosh i saw somebody i don't know if this is true but i saw like one of those pictures on on the social media that stirrup pants might be back and mind blo- those were those were not fun to wear back in the day is. yeah i know it's all right but just yeah <sighs> But so I could I can understand his point of view for the building, but yeah. I think it looks cool. It's just such a different. I mean, the Chicago uh, is known for its architecture, and it's just fun to have different kinds of buildings, and that's Absolutely. that's what we do. We don't make them matchy matchy. <laughs> no, everything looks totally different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and even to to this day, I mean, have you seen the newest building um, by uh, the same one that did the Aqua Tower? Um, Oh, genie gang. Um, it has like holes in it. That's like the new thing, like big, but like it's really pretty the way she did it mm. for the winds to go through. Oh, cool. You know, to to keep it standing and all yeah. this. It's just it's amazing. Wow. And it's all part of Water Tower is part of that. All right. Well, at that, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back with the debate. ghostly listeners rebecca here it's been a while since i've read you a creepy bedtime story but it's time to bring this spine tingling good time back join me on patreon for exclusive new readings of classic ghost stories every month i'll be reading frightening tales from my favorite authors a perfect way to go to sleep with the sweetest most terrifying dreams Join Ghostly's new Patreon by visiting ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on Patreon on the menu bar so you don't miss any of my creepy bedtime stories. Talk to you soon. back you ready for the debate rebecca i am ready for the debate oh one last thing i wanted to mention when we were talking about uh appearance yeah of the water tower it kind of looks like 
the next wing fighter standing up that's getting ready for oh to yeah because it has that point at the top yeah. and, yeah. and the two sides that's actually perfect like yeah. i think if you have not seen a picture of this place yes 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 in yellow and stone whitish yeah yellow stone yeah. yes all right well that's yeah <laughs> probably why uh lucas wanted to build the museum here first ah. yeah but he's like nope that that's already there i can't <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna start with the most popular ghost story for okay. the chicago water tower and this is the one that i alluded to a little bit in the ghost story all right um so according to windy city ghosts and you can find this story on a million websites but this is yes, the one i picked i've seen this one uh an unknown man who was operating the pumps during the great fire is someone who has stuck around long after the fire was finally extinguished during the fire itself, the man was tirelessly pumping the water in hopes of that the fire department would extinguish the flames. As the flames inched closer towards the tower, the man realized that the flames were almost impossible to contain. Soon after, he went up to the upper level of the tower where he would commit suicide by hanging. Over the years, many residents passing through the tower would see the shadowy figure of a man in one of the top windows of the tower. It even got to a point where the police had to be called to the tower to investigate. No body or no one was ever discovered. All right. Um, well, do you want to, you want to go first or you want me to go first, Mondo? Um, yeah, you could go. First. Okay. So, um, I would like to say that this has been totally disproven um, because, first of all, the um, the pipes, the, they would pump themselves. So you wouldn't need someone there to pump them. And um, anybody working there would be at the pumping station across the street because this was just really just for the pipe, just for the just for a big pipe. That was all that was there. And the engine and everything like that was in the pumping station across the street. Uh, so there was no, nobody reported hanging. There was no employee missing. There was no, nothing that any records can, can verify any of this information. And of course there's nobody or no one for that matter was discovered because it didn't happen. All right. All right. Mondo, what do you think? That's exactly what I was going to say. That yeah. There was nobody. That was nobody. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, unless he hanged himself and then he threw himself into, you know, the tube or something like that and just Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I don't think he did that. So All right. So um there uh, so here's the thing, I absolutely agree with you as far as there is no evidence whatsoever of that particular story happening. Um, you know, again, it is the most popular story that you will read on any website about that the water tower being haunted. However, the stories about there being a shadowy figure up there. Yes. It doesn't, that shadowy figure doesn't have to be. <laughs> Someone that hung himself. Well, <laughs> I, I can explain person. that too. Because of the angles of the, because um, it looks like that X fighter kind of thing. So it starts off with a broad base and it tapers off as it goes up, right? So as it's doing that, there's windows all over the place in weird locations. I I can totally see that looking like a shadow of a of a figure because 
uh, of just the way that things are situated there. Mm-hmm. And just the, the way that the sun comes in and the buildings blocking out a lot of the sunlight from that area because all the buildings around it tower it. I mean, this is only like 185 feet tall. Right. It is not like a super tall skyscraper thing. But here's the other weird story. And again, I don't know how to like totally connect this to the water tower. But the concept of there being somebody that had been that that was that was hanging up there. Okay. So when they um after this the fire, there was a lot of lawlessness. Mm-hmm. And there is a story that basically they gave permission to the police that if anyone was looting or like causing trouble, basically, that they could like shoot or hang them immediately, like on sight. Okay. Um. And it's weird because there's no like, like specific, there's not a lot of documentation of this happening except letters that were sent from people in the city mm-hmm. to others around the, the, the country, whatever, the world that, that talk about this happening. So there are people that will tell the story that it wasn't somebody working there that got hung and is haunting it, but somebody that got caught being in there after the fire Mm. that was hung by the police. But there's no record. Yeah, there's nothing to support that. We're just speculating at this point. And uh, here's another thing too. The only reason to break into the water tower would be for shelter. Because there's nothing for them to steal in that thing. <laughs> Especially at that time, it was literally a pipe coming from the ground. Right. I mean, like, what are you going to take? Well, I mean, maybe you just needed shelter. I don't know. That's at the that only time. thing I could think of would, would be shelter. But even then, it would be like a, a not great location for a shelter either. So, Well, at that point, maybe there wasn't a lot of other shelter. But I just thought that was an interesting concept, though. Even if yeah. we don't believe that this has to be, that this was, this is a haunting in the water tower, it is a very, like, dark part of Chicago history that seems, like, suspic- conspicuously absent from official record, but yet there's these letters from people talking yeah. about it happening. So I just thought that was kind of crazy. Now, the other one thing I will mention, and again, we're not going to, I am not going to go into detail because I don't think that it's right to do because we don't have... I, I could not find a lot of backing evidence. There are two other stories of people. Um, is this still the first piece of evidence? We are still talking, oh, okay. again, we're talking about who is who okay. is the shadowy figure that people okay. are seeing. There are two other stories of people committing suicide in the water tower. Mm-hmm. This was later, a few years later, um, two German men that somehow knew each other. Again, I'm not going to go into all the details or give their names mm-hmm. because I could find no backup evidence of those things happening um but there is there are stories of of things potentially a little little dark happening there so um i don't know i'm i ah, okay you guys go first with your ratings all right because i'm Um, i'm thinking about it so you want me to go first you want to go first mondo i'll go first okay it's a zero it's a zero wow yeah i'm gonna go 10 
No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going zero on this one too. Yeah, I definitely zero. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go four because four. I do think, again, do I believe this particular exact story? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so, I should say. But there have been an, um, a number of reports of people seeing a man up there in the tower um, that I, I, I eh, you know, like if someone somehow, if I saw it, I guess I, I maybe... Anyways. By the way, there's no platforms for anyone to stand on, like, as you go up higher. It is just a pipe mm -hmm. and the structure around it, it, it. There's nothing. There's, like, you can't get up there. Well, remember, too, when we think of the, I mean, it's actually a bigger building than we think. I mean, like, when you look at it from above. Yeah. I mean, so, and it, there is the pumping station too, and people, when they tell these stories, yeah. may not be just referring to that one okay. tower part. So now the pumping station would have things to steal in it then. But, ah, interesting. But anyways, Anyway, yeah, all right, so pretty low, it. pretty yeah. low on this one. Wait, did you, the pumping station did have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That changes everything. It was an engine room. <laughs> it changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I found a couple of comments on hauntedplaces.com, uh, an article about the water tower that are from actual people. Uh, I, I hope. People? I hope it's, Not ghosts. it's the internet, so I can't promise you. Ghosts but, can go on the internet, though, right? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, there are some movies that imply that. Um, so uh, the first one relates to the Hanging Man ghost. Okay. So I thought this would be kind of interesting. So this is from a commenter named Pete. Pete. Thanks, Pete. Okay. Quote, my first visit to the water tower was in 2011. I walked straight up to it for the first time. The first window I looked in, there was a hangman. Baggy worker pants and disheveled hair hanging in his face. I never heard the story before. Because this article, of course, mm -hmm. told the story, right? The security guard inside said he didn't believe I'd seen anything. I went back outside confused, thinking it was a decoration, but it was, but nothing, it was nothing, it was nothing was in the window. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing he's saying he looked in, he saw yeah. it, talked to the guy, and when he went back out and he looked back in, it was gone. Okay. Well, I mean, the windows in at, at the water tower are not windows you could see into. I could look, you could look inside. I mean, maybe not at the top of the tower, but you can look inside. I mean, not really. I mean, they're, they're, they're not like regular transparent glass. They're, they're semi-transparent. Well, this is 2011. Cause I remember back in the day looking inside it. Oh, do you? Okay. I do. Oh, I, I mean, I, do I, not. I, I remember have... looking at the windows and they were like, I don't know. They looked like, like. Windows you'd put in like a shower or something like that, where it's all steamed up, kind of looking. Oh well, can't... I mean, maybe, maybe that I don't remember that, but maybe you know, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts? You know, I've never looked that close in the windows to see to yeah. verify what you just said, but um, I don't know. It's just one guy telling another story of somebody hanging, and yeah. I don't know this guy. You don't know Pete? No, I'm. We don't know who wrote the story. You want to meet Pete? Wait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got him right here. <laughs> it's Pete. No. How you doing? I'm telling you, it was real. It was real. I, was, no, I don't think it was. Uh, okay. I, I guess I will say, I feel like this seems like a little bit of a story where it could be that you look in, and maybe there, he really did see a worker. Maybe. And then 
but then it was a little weird that the security guard was like, no, there's nobody working there. You like, saw they, nothing. Forget about, Forget about it. Forget about it. That's totally what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I don't believe you saw anything. <laughs> Listen, kid, you didn't see anything. <laughs> Got it. That changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> now, it now it makes sense. So I gotta tell you, I think my rating is going up to like a five. Yeah, it reminds them. me of your um, Pizzarella, Pizzarelli <laughs> brother story. Oh, so yeah, that was a scary but, moment. Yeah, in my life. Um, but anyways, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna give this one a zero. Okay, Mondo. She convinced me, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, it pushes it up. That isn't it? I a little bit. In a situation very similar. <laughs> Some strange things happened. I was in a car accident late at night. You were told to forget about it. <laughs> I was told to forget about it. I shouldn't even be talking about it right now, but we won't really get into that too much. So then there you go, right? Uh, yeah. But weird things happened. A couple hours later, the accident scene was as clean as could be. You wow. Couldn't, even, couldn't tell any, you know, that there was an accident. This guy plowed into a couple other cars. I mean, it was all gone. It was like within two hours. Yeah. But okay. Mafia people are not ghosts though. You do know that, right? We we just say Chicago people. We don't say (laughs) anything else. (laughs) They're not ghosts though. I mean, just so you know, so you can still go low on this one. If you think that the mafia. Okay. Imagine this is the story though. Like, so you, you're there, you're just there. You're not expecting anything. You look in and you like see kind of a weird guy in baggy clothes like hair hanging in his face. You're like, that's weird. So you go inside and security guards like. I would think he was my friend. That's what I would think. Hell, I think I know that guy, you know. Yeah. And the security guard's like, no, I didn't. There's nobody in there. I didn't see anything. You, you didn't see anything. And then you leave and you look back in there and it's gone. That'd be a little weird. It's a little weird story. I'm not. We don't know. We don't know what, what it is. It's but it's a, a little person? bit of. It could be. Is it a homeless guy living in there? I don't know. I'm sorry, unhoused, unhoused, unhoused. I'm sorry, I'm getting better, guys. Uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it could have been <laughs> that, that the security guard was letting a homeless person stay there. I'm not going to say un, un, unhoused, but a homeless person stay there. And, and he was like, you didn't see anything. Yeah. And then he's like, joking. <laughs> exactly. And then he did. And then the guy went out there and he didn't see nothing. So it's explained. <laughs> zero. Right. So it's zero for Pat. I'll give it a... Give it a four. Give a it a four. four. A four. Yep. Yep. I'm Whoa. giving it a five. I'm giving it a five. Whoa. Again, five there's all so, day? Something, something, five all day. Something's happening. All right. All right. Here we go. Evidence number three. Uh, the other comment, this is a little bit more of an overall comment about ghosts in the building. Okay. Like a Yelp review? No, well, this is in the same, mm. for the same article. Okay. Commenter Eli. Mm. So, well, this is a great story referring to the hanging man story. Uh, But there are many more spirits in that place. I am saying more than 50. I saw them and met a few while working there one night. The cleaning lady was the only one to ensure me, I'm assuming he means assure me, that what I saw wasn't insane. This was around 2011 or 2012. Yeah, I think that these are all all the homeless people staying in there and the, and the security guard was letting them stay there because, I don't know, this is, just seems, what, what's up with 2011? Well, this doesn't say that he necessarily saw them. He knew all these but he, But he, well, he said he saw them, I guess, and met a few. Yeah. And he just, I think they're in his head. That's where I think they are. I don't know. Eli, come on. What do you think, Mondo? 
that's a lot of ghosts. It's a lot of that's for the very, part. Very small place. It's a lot of ghosts. Yeah. yeah. It, it would have been completely packed, I'm sure, in there. You know, yeah. It was like a single standing room only. Yeah. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I think the only thing that kind of is a little interesting to me is that the cleaning lady was like, yeah. But then again, if this guy comes up to you and is like, there's like 50 ghosts in this place. I keep meeting them and talking to them. <laughs> I think you might like, be yeah, like, yeah, 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 yep, totally. Yep, yeah. yep. So, yeah, I'm going to go zero on this one again. Okay. I'm going to drop the E off of his name. Mm. Oh. You're going to go Lee? Just lie. There was a man who worked downtown late at night. And then one day he experienced an awful fright. His name was Eli and he felt that he was right when he said, There's 50 ghosts that haunt the tower. There must be 50 ghosts that haunt the tower. Lie. Lie. Oh, zero. No, actually, you're taking the E and moving it. That's oh, there you go. Yeah. That's yes. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've given this one like a like a three. Like, I want to give it more. I want to. I okay. want to. But, yeah. Um. All right. So, we've got one more. Mm-hmm. There was another type of incident that happened oh, in the night. 19- lady in white, huh? No, no, oh, okay. no lady in white. It happened in the 1980s. Again, I saw the story in a few places, but I'm going to quote from vamond.com. The does it mo- sound fancy? It does sound fancy. <laughs> quote, the most unexplainable incident occurred in the 1980s. When the water towers briefly closed for renovation, the Chicago Fire Department continuously received phone calls from the decrepit building. What could normally be chalked up to a malfunction or a prank could not. The phone service from the building had been shut off during renovations. To this day, no one knows who did the calling or why. Only that something was calling when calling was impossible. All right. So nobody's ever lived in this building. Um, I, you know, even when you said the cleaning lady in the last one, I'm trying to think of what they were cleaning. Well, in there. there have to be clean. There's there's people Dusting there. Maybe and stuff? Yeah, yeah, you got to make. And there's people there maintaining the equipment and working and doing stuff. It doesn't. It's not functioning anymore. Well, they do tours in it. Yeah, they I do mean, do like tours. it's it's so a place. It's a yeah. thing. Um, and there was some renovation done in 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, so this checks so out. That check, part check. checks out. Um, so. The Chicago Fire Department. Um, hmm. They're not see lying. Phone calls from. Yeah, I'm just thinking that there was something wrong with the phone lines at that moment, because, I mean, this doesn't say like I. Ghosts don't typically call you on the phone. Right. I don't know. There's some sort of I don't know weird because like this isn't like internet phone. This isn't yeah. you know like f- I don't know. I mean, all of us are. Uh, at an age where we remember, you know, phones, back in the day, phones. But, like, this isn't, like, party line phones from way, way back in the day when, like, they would, you know, you'd pick it up and you're sharing a line with somebody, yeah. you know, or whatever. Well, it could have been, I mean, yeah, well, I, I had an I had an incident when I was younger, around, around this same time, uh, where my phone just kept ringing. And you pick it up and it was dial tone. And it was like, it just kept, it was a weird ring too. It was like, it was like a sustained ring. So you were either haunted or you had a secret crush that 
Seek crush person, seek a crush. There no, it is. It sounded weird. It was like it wasn't even. It was aliens. No, it it was like a sustained ring t- ring. It was like a not just like bling. It was like a bling, and it was just it was really weird sounding, and it was my phone was messed up. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the fire department or the phones in these places were just messed up. I don't know. They couldn't seem to explain it. Or, you know, also they are renovating this thing. They might be touching the phone line. How do they turn it off? Yeah, but they probably turned it off at the base of the phone, not in the wires. I don't know. This is the best, guys, because Pat and I are debating mm-hmm. and Mondo is, is like is just like a notes. jury. Yeah. He's taking notes. So he's yeah. ready. All right. What do you got? Well, I was thinking, you know, I mean, this was in the 80s. Yeah. For one. So we didn't have satellite phones as no. much as we do right. Um, But we relied on things like switch panels mm-hmm. back then, I, I believe. We're going to trust you on this. Uh, we were just moving on to fiber optics and things like that. So I, too, experienced a weird ring. Yeah. And I, uh, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that weird sustained yeah. ring. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's like your phone suddenly is like... <laughs> exactly. You know, you're like what? Uh, that's... <laughs> yeah. And you're like, hello. Oh, nobody's there. Yeah. yeah. So I've gotten that same thing, but uh, I'd be willing to say, you know, it, it's basically like connecting two wires together mm-hmm. shortly, and I mean, you can get a little jolt that would send some uh, signal to them. So I just think it's probably that simple. Like you said, yeah. they were doing renovations, so somebody probably, yeah, or but drilled if into it's, something. If it or... happened once. Mm-hmm. That would be one thing, but it happened a lot. Like it wasn't. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That like, like they're drilling was... into this one spot, and they don't know that it's causing this problem, so they keep doing it. But and I it... mean, like over a series of days. Well, you know, sure, you could have that one guy that likes to horse around at work and's like, "Hey, man, watch this." Yeah. Look at look at them across the street at the fire department over there. <laughs> You're pointing at us. Exactly. Man. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the service is cut off. Yeah. I totally believe that that could All happen. All right. So, what's your rating then? Uh, I'm gonna go zero on this one. Sorry, Rebecca. That's uh, all right, Mondo. How about you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Man, this is weird, man. Yeah, <laughs> another zero. I, I'm sorry. Wow. This you're is going one of the low. most haunted spots in Chicago. It's mm-hmm. it is rated as such. Yeah. Uh and yeah, for me, I give this one a four. It's like it's just yeah, I do think there's too many possibilities that it of mechanical or, you know, wires or whatever. I mean, maybe, but again, it also too, yeah, ghost they can mess with electrical stuff, but like how often nothing else electrical was being messed yeah. with. Like it just seems like an oddly specific thing. It's weird. Well, it's I'm not, not saying it's not weird, but it's not that they're messing with the electrics. They're drilling into something or cutting into something that can cause this. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, All right. so hey, so um, before we move on to the overall rating part, I just want to see if Mondo's got a song for us. All around the water tower, buildings went up like a fuse. While all the firemen came and went, the limestone saved those two. Yeah. Oh, oh, little Hendrix there, huh? <laughs> it could have been done the Dylan way, too. Oh, yeah. But no, you were doing it Hendrix, though. I was, I, I was feeling the Hendrix in that. 
Yeah, that was, that good. was awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. You never disappoint. <laughs> oh Always have a song, man. <laughs> All right. So, Rebecca, what is your overall rating? My overall rating is a four. Four. This is one of the most haunted places I in Chicago. I know. It was, I mean, it's, it's it was super interesting to learn about this place and its story, um, but I was disappointed by the amount of evidence I could find. Wow. Yeah. All right. Mondo, where are you at? Yeah, just that four. Okay. Well, I'm going to go zero on the whole thing because I haven't given anything higher than a zero, so <laughs> I like to average out my thing. Um, but that brings us to our closing argument. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep Rebecca honest. Hey. And Rebecca will be timing both me and Mondo. Yeah, so. because I'm the most honest one. <laughs> Your phone is the most honest one. Uh, Rebecca, you want to go first then? Sure. All right. I have one minute on the clock. Are you ready? Yes. All right. And go. So... I was so excited to do this episode, and I am very glad we did it. I love learning about the water tower. However, uh, it is, I don't know. So, like, do I think that there could be some spirits in there? I mean, my gosh, this thing has been around longer than a lot of other buildings in Chicago. It is possible there are some shadow figures in there that people might see on occasion. You know, maybe that guy seen something in the window. I mean, maybe. It's it's a maybe. But I... You know, do I think it's more haunted than most places, you know, older buildings are? No, not necessarily. I got to say. Uh, and I, I do, uh, I, I, or I should say I was disappointed that I wasn't able to find more hard evidence of this. So I think, I think there's maybe a little bit of haunting there, but I don't know if I'm going to call it a most haunted. Wow. You had like eight seconds left. Yeah. All right, um, Mondo, you want to go next? Or you want to hear Pat first? Sure, I'll go next. Okay. All right. And go. So, yeah, I was really surprised that they had, uh, that there really wasn't that much more and that was dug up about the water tower. Um, surprising that most of the stories were very similar to the other one. They're all about a hanging person. I'm sure, you know, with its location, with the fire being out there, there's so many different haunted stories that could be associated with that, you know, with the water tower buildings. And they're, it's surprising to hear that there really isn't, especially with considering it was like the last place, one of the last places standing after the Chicago fire where, you know, it was such a big disaster and so many people died. Um, I will say though, in closing that, I mean, the mobster thing kind of got me, you know, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's something like that. And I mean, yeah. over time, those spirits had to move on. They yeah. got to forget about it, even in the afterlife, mm. you know, so it's a possibility. That's, that's my one and only thing. Other than that, not haunted. All I mean, right. it could be a union thing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, I got nothing really to say because I think that this episode is totally been debunked there. Um, because there was no hanging man, so all the hanging man stuff is just, you know, just whatever it is that they saw. I mean, there's there's illusions we all see in everyday life. We see shadows, and we try to make sense of these shadows, and sometimes we go into these weird directions, but nothing, nothing haunted, and that's it. 
Wow. Oh, wow. You've, you you only less than 30 seconds that you took there. Yeah, exactly. Because wow. I didn't need anything more than that. Okay. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah. Um. So Mondo, what's going on in your life? Right now? Yeah. I'm getting reacquainted with... Uh, Old man winter. Old man winter. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. How's the? Yeah. Uh, do you have a snowblower or anything? Yes, I've been getting really acquainted with it. <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad as the people on the East Coast. So. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. yeah well, no, we got this week coming up. We're gonna yeah. see what happens. There's some stuff on the on, on on the potential forecasts. Oh okay. But anyways, but yeah, so we'll see. But yes, we're thinking of you guys out there with the 30 inches. I mean, I I don't know. Hopefully, we're not going yeah. there. Yeah. Um. But uh, uh, how is uh, family life? You got some new family? I do. I'm yeah. a grandpa. You're a grandpa. Yep. Grando. Grando. <laughs> is that what we're going to Is that the name you've chosen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, there is actually a lot going on. I was just going to say, what am I talking about? On February 25th. And on February 26th, we are going to be, well, we are co producing a um, podcast festival yeah, called Dark Matters over at Side Street Studio in Elgin, one of our favorite places. No, it's Dark Matters Winter Tales. Yeah. And uh, so we're really excited about that. Ghostly will be there the entire weekend. We have a live show planned um, Friday. Friday the 25th at... Yeah. Uh, I think 8.30 or 8 o'clock, something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, following one of our favorite... Yeah. Other podcasters. From Bob from Bob After Dark. Yeah. And then yeah. uh Saturday is gonna be an amazing day full of uh true crime podcast, other paranormally podcasting. We're gonna have a, a paranormal investigator there yeah. that you Neil. all have heard before on Ghostly. Neil's yeah. gonna be there um with Graveside Paranormal. They're gonna do a live investigation of the art studio that we're going to be in. Yeah, and you could see it and be part of it. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be super exciting. And uh, and Jacob Mayfield and Shane Mayfield are going to be there doing tarot readings and palm readings. Wait, wait, wait. How much, how much are these readings going to cost me, though? Uh, nothing. Nothing? It's all included $10 what? For, the, for both days, wait, for it, all of these shows and all than, of these things. It would cost more than $10 to get a reading from them. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Or to or to get uh, to, to, to go to Graveside Paranormal and like go yeah. on one of their tours or get... You're, there's actually a... work. They're going to do a workshop on how to do paranormal investigating. So you could become a paranormal investigator. Exactly. Wow. So exciting. So much going on. Um, so, you know, if you go to uh, social media, any of our social medias, there's information. Yeah. Go to Side Street Studio Arts. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah, and we uh, are also doing something with our friend Jack Chavez on um, March 6th. He's having a paranormal convention in the Archer Avenue area. Yeah, we all know how scary that is. And uh, we're looking really forward to that. Uh, and we will have details about that over on Ghostly Podcast Facebook page. Absolutely. If you're, if you're interested in going. And I will have that in the email newsletter shortly. So, um, yeah, you can just subscribe to our email list and yeah. you'll receive notification about That's that. That's actually the best way to keep up with all of our events it and is. everything going place. on. And we, we, we really don't send out that many emails. We try to keep it to one per episode for the most part, and we just kind of keep you updated. Yeah. So we'll be talking about another most haunted 
location Mm -hmm. in the next episode. We're going to be going to Dallas this time, and we're going to be talking about the Screaming Bridge. That sounds scary. I hope there's screaming and bridges in this one. We will see. And that comes out on February 16th. And for those that are are, our patrons on Patreon, our next episode of Ghostly X will be with Mr. Bob Anderson of Bob After Dark, and you can hear that on February 7th. Yeah, and if you are not a Patreon member and you'd like to listen to our awesome episode with Bob Anderson and his interview, uh, you can go to ghostlypodcast.com, click on Patreon. Give us... I mean, again, lots of different levels, but for just $5 a month, you can get two extra ghostly episodes with all sorts of fun interviews and uh, news of the paranormal and all the fun things that we love to talk about. Yeah. And so we do have to do some shout outs to some of our um, VIP patrons. So we have Shayla. Cindy. Nicole. Darnay. Jessica. Sarah. Linda. Alice. Austin. Hope. And candy. All right. So thank you guys uh, for making Ghostly what it is today. And until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.